This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and a very warm welcome to the Total Saints podcast. We are the weekly Saints podcast, your home for all things Southampton Football Club. This podcast is being live streamed on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch and YouTube. And our podcast is entirely supported by our loyal Patreon community. Without you, we couldn't make this show each week. If you fancy joining the club, I'll have all the details very soon. Coming up this week on the podcast, Hull City were unbeaten in the league at home. So it was always going to be a close game at the MKM Stadium. But it was Saints who snatched all three points with a last minute winner. Going to look back over that one. It's another three game week with the midweek trip to Preston North End on Wednesday, 4th versus 5th. Going to preview that contest. And it's, I think we have to call them Wayne Rooney's Birmingham City in town at the weekend. Going to be joined by Tommy from the Blues Focus podcast to preview that one a little later. My name's Martin Stark and I'm joined by our regular contributors. Glenda LaCour is the writer of the blog League One Minus Ten. Steve Grant is the owner of Saints Web and Alfie House is the senior Southampton reporter for The Daily Echo. All underpinned by our TSP patrons, this is episode 248 of the Total Saints podcast. Your home for everything Southampton FC. From dedicated Saints insight to exclusive interviews. Live on YouTube every Sunday and available to download wherever you listen to your podcasts. This is the Total Saints podcast. Now, before we get into the football, the regular shout out for our Patreon community. As I mentioned, their monthly contributions fully support the show and we couldn't make TSP each week without their support. There are four tiers ranging from £5 to £20 per month. And aside from supporting the podcast, each of those tiers has different perks like access to an ad-free version of the pod. There's exclusive TSP t-shirts and merch bundles. There's the TSP FPL and you get access to our TSP events and loads more besides. So if you want to get involved in supporting TSP each month, just head over to patreon.com forward slash Total Saints podcast for more details. All the links are in the podcast show notes and you'll find them in the YouTube description as well. So let's get into the football, shall we? Ryan Fraser's 95th minute winner meant Southampton extended their unbeaten run to four matches with a win away at Hull City. Glenn, they love leaving it late. That's the third stoppage time winner of the season, (laughs) but a win away from home is always going to be a decent result. Absolutely. And uh, you said at the start, Hull hadn't lost at home all season. It's, um, I always feel like it's difficult for us, you know, the frozen wastelands of the north. Whenever we, uh, whenever we travel up there, it always seems like it's, uh, it adds something extra to the, uh, to the difficulty of the game. Um, typically the weather was horrendous and, uh, and, uh, so that, that probably didn't help much either, but, I thought the the first half was was fairly even. We were a little bit loose. We allowed Hull sort of like far too many efforts on our goal. We didn't look. I didn't feel that we looked after the ball well enough. We seemed to give it away too often. But uh, took the lead, obviously, with um, um, we you know with Walker Peters proving that he's by far the best 
certainly the best attacking right back in the division. Um, putting that on the plate for Smallbone, decent finish. But again, we um, you know we we caved not long afterwards. It's I don't have I've watched the goal back a few times and I I don't think it's as bad as I initially thought it was. I think you it know, was just the, five. Was it five minutes after Smallbone's fi- goal? Five minutes after you know when the, when the cross eventually comes over from the from the left wing, there's a bit of a a lucky break of the ball as um, Harwood Bellis goes in with whoever the whole striker was and, and Dilap sticks it in the net. You know, fair enough. Hull were probably the better side at the end of the end of the first half but um, and probably at the start of the second as well. But a- again, similar to the Rotherham game, there seems to be this these sort of distinct phases where we're playing well and then suddenly we're not. But w- with this game, it was the other way around and for the last half an hour, I felt like we kind of took over and uh, look, look the more likely to win it. There, there was always a, a you know a threat from Hull, but they didn't really um, test Bazunu out much in the in the in the second half. And uh, goalkeeper made a couple of decent saves, so it, it looks like we're in a little phase at the moment where the goalkeepers we're playing against are having um, are having worldies <laughs> and pulling out saves that they they shouldn't really be pulling out. The one he the one he uh, one from Alcaraz was a really decent save down low, and then. Um, yeah, the subs came on and um, and made a difference. I mean, we saw Ryan Fraser playing in a sort of number eight role, which uh, I'm not sure uh, I'm not sure was um, you know thought about much too much beforehand. But um, yeah, fair play to him. Turns up and that's a, that's a lovely finish and great bit of play by Flynn Downs to set it up. So mm. uh, at the end of the day, there were elements of the performance that weren't great. There were elements of it that were very good, but. You know, at the end of the day, we've stayed in it. If we got a draw, it wouldn't have been a bad result. But to mm. nick it at the end is um, is uh, is great stuff. Steve Russell Martin mentioned the the fans that made the trip. <laughs> Storm Babette in the end keeping you at, at bay. Um, it wasn't to be yesterday. How far did you actually get? Uh, yeah, I didn't get very far. I got as far as King's Cross, which, uh, given that I live in South London, isn't uh, isn't particularly strenuous journey. Yeah, basically got to King's Cross, and while some seem to manage to fight their way through i'm not quite sure how because nobody seemed to be moving anywhere um maybe there was some sort of um secret entrance through through the first class lounge or something like that that um that i didn't didn't know about but yeah basically we couldn't couldn't even get to the ticket barriers let alone board a train so uh yeah in the end i i think a few of us made made the call relatively early in the end actually it's probably only about 10 past 10 uh so only 20 minutes after the train should have gone the rest drove up um i think they got got in the ground about three or four minutes into the game so they did all right really in that in that situation they got a little bit fortunate that there was nothing nothing particularly bad on the m1 which is always always the uh the risk and likelihood on uh, on on days like yesterday um so yeah i had to take the sort of secondary uh secondary hit of going and watch watching some really low quality league two football instead but you caught up with the game um i mean yes. a win but it's safe to say you didn't miss a classic what did you make of it yesterday i mean the highlights made it look like look like a great game as they tend to do but um i mean it, it looked like an open game it looked like kind of i i imagine this is this this sort of game against opponents who want to play in a very similar way is probably russell martin's absolutely ideal game to uh, to be involved in because you've got willing opponents who want to play in a similar manner to us, and it is then about which players are better. Um, there's no kind of dark arts going on, really. There's no worry that, that time's being taken out of the game through nefarious means, hmm. and both teams just want to play. And given the given the weather conditions, the pitch was slick, perfect, perfect for passing when you've got players who are good at it, which both both sides seem to have. And... Yeah, it, as a result, it met for an entertaining sort of encounter where, yeah, I mean, e- either side could have won it if, if I mean, if Hull had been a little bit more clinical with a couple of little breakaways they had either side of half time, then yeah, I mean, they they could have been out of sight at one point, but they didn't. I mean, they didn't really even, as you say, didn't really test um, test Pizzunu much. Also, in uh, the lad at the other end was was far more far more busy. So, I think by the end of it, as as Glenn rightly said, I think we were probably deserving of it. I mean, the way it comes about with more or less the last kick of the game is obviously the, the massive kick in the teeth for the home side, but it's absolutely perfect for us. Um, I mean, you see the see the absolute limbs in that away end um, <laughs> when the ball goes in is um, is great to see. I, I don't we, we've know. been on the other end of that a few times. Oh, yes. We? So. Yeah. Um, there, there, was a, there was a great clip I saw um, somebody post on, um, on Twitter 
this morning, which was which was filmed from behind the dugouts. Um, so I assume it must be must have been a home fan who was filming. It's like I'd never understand why home fans are filming um, the the away side attacking because you know what's going to happen. And it's just like, well, as soon as, soon as that's happened, should we just press delete? It's like, oh, yeah, I'll, don't, I'll, don't um, share I'll, it. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll forget about having embarrassed myself by filming this. Um, but no, onto onto social media it goes, and um, yeah, that that looked that looked like good fun. Um, so yeah, very annoyed to have missed to have missed that. To be honest, that wasn't you filming the away end, was it, Alfie? You were sat a bit further up, <laughs> were you in the stand? No, my hands weren't free at the time. I was giving it a bit of this at the press area. I must admit, um, you enjoyed that one. Yeah, look, massive. I, I was going to mention it before Steve did. Um, that was potentially some of the best limbs that I've seen from Saints in the last couple of years. Uh, you know, it was the very oh, last seconds of the game. No, exactly. Yeah, but the very last second of the game, five minutes added on. There probably could have been a little bit more added on. Um, and just to get that, uh, what a moment and, and a massive win. I think it really unites everybody. I've seen so many people saying to me um, that it's brought everybody back round, I suppose, to anybody who was a little bit cautious, a little bit nervous, because you could see that Hull were retiring at the end and, and Saints had the quality to make it pay. What I should do is I should start by saying though that this podcast has got me in a little bit of trouble this week because uh, we did a Q&A on a Monday, obviously, and um, when I was defending Flynn Downs and talking about him, I made what I thought was a clearly ironic reference to Swansea being a tippy-tappy team. And uh, that was then relayed to Russell Martin. So half eight in the morning on Friday, I've just rolled out of bed to get to the press conference. He comes in all guns blazing. And I'm pretty sure I know who the suspect is who sent him the clip. So if you are watching Matt Gill, the assistant manager, Gilly, I hope you can forgive me. Uh, I've forgiven you for stitching me up. But luckily, there wasn't too much to uh, to criticise this week, is it really? You know, I think Glenn sort of touched on the first half was slow, sloppy, not really enough intensity there. But the stats from the third half time and then the 90 minutes were completely night and day. You know, real domination, really in the last 30 minutes. And Glenn's right, there was a couple of chances before and after halftime that they could have won the game. They could have quite easily won the game. Um, but I think Saints would have felt equally aggrieved if they haven't won. So yeah, a, a really nice evening. It made that trip worth it for so many people. I know that Steve didn't get there, but like you said, so many people jumping over barriers and getting onto emergency trains, it made it all worth it for them. Let's talk about some of the, the standout performers yesterday. Glenn, I know we sort of touched on him briefly. I mean, Will Smallbone, obviously with the goal, but that was all about Kyle Walker-Peters, wasn't it? And his, and his vision there to sort of drive on and, and not give up. And, and he's been exceptional of late. Uh, yeah, he has. I mean, there was always a, a danger that he'd struggle to get his head around playing in the championship because he is clearly too good for that. But he seems to um, he seems to be the sort of character who's just happy to get on with it. And he, he's getting better all the time. And he's he's now really playing as well as he ever has done uh, for us, albeit at a, a lower level than what he's used to. So, uh, yeah, fair play to him. Long, long may it continue. I thought... Uh, Flynn Downs, as Alfie mentioned, certainly came to the party in the second half. Just there just seems to be a lot more dynamism about him than I initially thought was um, possible. And I remember Alfie also mentioning that you know he was he was knocked back at the start of his Saints career by the fact he had been ill and lost a lot of weight and all that sort of stuff. So uh, and he only looks like he weighs about six stone anyway. So uh, yeah, lose. Losing a lot of weight probably didn't do him any good, but uh, but I thought he was good. I mean, he was responsible for two of the sort of best bits of play, the the sort of drive forward for the what was the winning goal, and there was another one before that where he he turned and teed it up for Smallbone at the edge of the box, and the keeper made a made a decent save. So I think uh, Flynn Downs, if he carries on that way and carries on improving, I think he's going to be a very important uh, player for us going forward. You know, this season and my old mate Sulemana did. You know, he, he caused a few problems in the in the first half again. But uh, yeah, I do wonder if we're ever going to get ninety minutes out of him because he does he does seem to hit a wall at around sort of <laughs> fifty five minutes, and then you think, what is what is he doing out there? And that that seems to be the um, that seems to be the consensus from the manager because it, he's kind of I think he, I don't think there's been a game where he hasn't been the first player taken off since he's um since he's got into the team so uh, hopefully he can build it up and be a be a threat for a little bit longer but uh, but yeah they were the they were the main three for me it's been quite a turnaround as well for the, the defense steve obviously bednarek and, and harbour bellis there was that scare about whether he was going to be injured coming back from the under 21s but it seems that they're really starting to form quite a formidable partnership and you think it's going to be difficult for the captain to get back into the team when he's fit and he's playing that that was another great afternoon for them uh yeah i mean it's a nice problem for the manager to have certainly to have options in that area because i mean it's not that long ago that we were panicking that oh god mason holgate's gonna have to play again and yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, let's be honest, it's still not perfect. Still, only one clean sheet since what March. But at least at this level, we've got we know that we've got the firepower that we can outgun teams. 
So if if we're only if we're only conceding one, then we'd always fancy that we've got a pretty good chance. We've still got Ross Stewart to come back in, come into the side at some point. I mean, God knows what's what's going on going on with that. Maybe next week, who knows? But that will give us that will give us another option up front. But defensively, we look we look yeah. I mean, we certainly look more organised, particularly because we've got the midfield structure in front settled settled selection and everyone seems to know what their role is now I mean obviously that's going to have to change on Tuesday with Ryan Manning getting getting his fifth booking so someone's going to have to come in at left back it might be that might be that James Bree comes in on the right and we switch Walker Peters to the left maybe um that might be the the sensible choice yeah not not quite sure what what other options at, at the moment Larios obviously isn't going to be going to be anywhere near near fit for the foreseeable so yeah we'll, and that's that's the only the only real conundrum at the moment I think selection wise the the starting 11 probably picks itself now as long as everyone's fit but of course as we mentioned last week this is a a three game week so it's possible there might be a bit of rotation or maybe I mean maybe it's maybe it's a case of get this game out of the way and and assess it and maybe make changes for Saturday where it's a um a short turnaround on both of them with the early kickoff yeah I mean who who knows yeah as I say it's nice that the the defense seems to have largely got its house in order as i say it's not perfect but it's a damn sight better than it was six to eight weeks ago that's for sure there was a bit of an update as well alfie i think this week on um on ross stewart because it certainly seems that that russell martin now knows his strongest 11 and you you get the impression that maybe ross stewart could be the missing piece uh if he's as good as as we think he's going to be we've still got potentially one of the better strikers from the championship to come into the side which could just be that that missing bit that we need yeah he's, he's never specific on injuries and stuff like that which is a little bit of a shame for us in the media and obviously for supporters as well but he said he said to me this free game week we probably won't see him so that includes Preston and Birmingham as well and then it's it's another uh, seven days after that which is a bit of a blow but he did say that he was not going to be available before the October international break that was right and it's only a couple more weeks after that but I think we will see him soon and um, you know he's still not been in full training he's, he's dropped in and out of some contact sessions um, so he's probably not ready but I did ask Russell about the squad um, how he looked after Saturday and he said there's no other real issues he thinks he thinks Taylor Howard-Bellis is coming through fine which is obviously a massive boost and you know because that means you just make the one change like Steve said Ryan Manning obviously comes out and that maybe maybe it's, it's not a bad time for Ryan to come out and um, you know a couple of mistakes and I, I'm, I'm cautious of scapegoating players I think there's been a couple of times this season where he's actually played fine he's done exactly what the manager has asked him to um, to do, but he obviously has had a couple defensive issues. Picked up five yellow cards already, and like I say, Mason Holgate or James Bree will be the one well, whoever comes in. I imagine Steve um, Mason Mason's probably still an option for for Russell, despite you know not going so well at, um, at Middlesbrough. So yeah, I think it's a really settled team. Like you say, Ross could just come in out for a bit of firepower from the bench. I don't know what you guys made of Chair Adams' uh, performance off the bench on Saturday. Was it a couple of minutes he came on? Uh, how long was he on for, Glenn? I, I, I kind of missed that. Fifteen, I think. Mm. Um, not entirely sure to be honest. Um, I didn't really notice him. Mm. Didn't really. I suppose notice a couple of sports on the way back, and I think they they there's a few things that people noticed. I was sort of head down working at the time, so I actually missed it a little bit. But I think people were saying he did all right in a couple of passes. But yeah, not too sure. We'll get on to uh, the Preston game in just a moment. Going to do uh, TSP Player of the Week as well. Going to be a few standouts, I reckon, um, this mm-hmm. week. I think we'll, we'll definitely need the the Twitter um, poll. Steve, I'm going to come to you first. Your Player of the Week. Uh, who would get the honours for you? I think I'm going to go for um, Downs, that late assist. I mean, given that his role is largely a deep-lying role, for him to be making that sort of lung-busting run to, uh, to the mm-hmm. byline in the 95th minute um, shows the energy that he's... He's now um, showing every week. Glenn? Yeah, I've said it already. Carl Walker-Peters for me. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, Alfie, anyone different? Uh, Yeah, I don't know if I'd say this for my guy for the... Um, the player of the week, but I thought Sekumara actually came on and actually made a little bit of an impact, to be fair. I thought that there was a, a bit of intensity, sped things up, and that was a probably a good change for him. I'm trying to think who else you could possibly say. You'd say Will Smallbone because he scored again, and mm-hmm. I thought Taylor Howard-Bellis as well. I, I say Howard-Bellis was was solid, and he, he he looked better than Bednarek on the weekend, and that's no slight to Bednarek. And Ryan Fraser doing what he was brought in to do as well, mm-hmm. coming on and, and changing the game, and I know Russell Martin mentioned getting a book in, wasn't it? Giving away the foul and then getting the goal at the end. And that was that was quite a decent finish. So we'll get that poll on our social media and we'll crown our player of the week as well soon. Let's move on to the next game, Preston North End. Uh, Saints on their travels again um, with the midweek trip to Preston. Now, it's one of those games where we've been looking at the last league meeting, which we can't really uh, look too much into. I think 2009, Saints won 3-1, two goals from Marek Seganowski. 
Uh, it was that year we did the double over Preston, but we still got relegated. So it's probably best if we don't delve too much into that. It looks like a tough run of fixtures for, for Preston, but they still seem to be fourth, Glenn. Is, have you made much of them? Have you been able to sort of gauge much from, from their results? Well, they were one of the surprising names at the top of the table at the at the start of the season. Is that you you know, you saw they were up there and Ipswich were up there and Ipswich is still up there. So Preston obviously had a decent start to the season. But then you look at their the wheels seem to have come off a little bit recently. They've had sort of like three defeats and a couple of draws in the last in the last five games. But if you look a bit deeper, you see that two of the away defeats were at Ipswich and Leicester. Um where let's face it, everyone's losing at the moment. Yeah. Um no, no shame in that. The, yeah, that, I mean the, the 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 main interesting one is that they got absolutely battered four 0 at West home Brom. by uh, yeah. by West Brom. Um, so so hopefully the wheels have fallen off a little bit and we're um, we're catching them at a good time. So it, it's you know it's probably a game to go in with with a settled side and um, and a and a clear game plan and um, yeah and try and try and hit them early, I guess. So again it's one of these it's another frozen wasteland of the north isn't it and um <laughs> it's uh, so you know that brings a, a level of difficulty but i i think you know given the result that we got against hull and and the performance we put in and the you know and the the stoke game as well we're you know we we seem to have turned into a team that can that can fight in these games you know these these tough away games so uh i'm i'm quite confident given all that that um, that we can go out there and get a get a decent result we've definitely got the momentum steve going into this one which i think is important what sort of game are you expecting if you see much of preston on the highlights not a huge amount I, I caught the last 10 minutes of their game against millwall yesterday which was not a classic but i think it's kind of the the sort of game you would expect millwall to be involved in and i mean in fairness preston are similar similar in in their style in that they are very hard to beat difficult to break down organised, but they don't have a huge amount up front. And also, like us, they're in the playoffs with a negative goal difference. So, yeah, it's I I wouldn't expect an open game like we saw yesterday. I think it'll be a lot tighter and it'll be a lot more, a lot more about who can kind of take advantage of little moments. And that's those are those are the situations where the quality that we've got in attacking areas has got to kind of come to the fore and be sort of key in these games because players like I mean, Ryan Fraser is obviously an example um, from yesterday scoring the winner, mm. although he's not previously, let, let's be honest, he's not contributed a huge amount. Um, but it's it's scenarios like that coming off the bench and deciding a tight game that players like him have been brought in. Players with Premier League pedigree, um, Shea Adams, um, another one who has scored goals in the Premier League, has scored a lot of goals in the Championship. And since the end of since the end of the transfer window, we've seen very little from in terms of any sort of tangible output. So those those sort of players are the ones that have got to got to step up in in these sort of games. Preston are going to be difficult to beat, but as you as you say, five games without a win, suddenly looking looking like more the sort of side I think most people would have expected them to be pre-season. You would imagine they will um, sort of drop into the pack a little bit, maybe down to sort of 10th to 14th, which for, which kind of feels about about their level, certainly in terms of in terms of the budget and the finances that they've got available to them. They're not the smallest smallest side in the world, but they're but they're they certainly don't have the budget that the likes of any of the relegated uh, Premier League sides have got. Are you looking forward to this trip, Alfie? Another uh, trip north midweek? <laughs> yeah, to be fair, I mean, just on what Steve said there, I mean, I think I saw loads of memes from like championship pages before the season that they're the only two things you can be guaranteed of in the championship are that Preston and Bristol City will finish mid-table. So I think you're probably bang on with that. I think they've done that about <laughs> five years in a row, both of them. But I'm actually coming to you live at the moment from a, a sort of spa in Winchester. So I've got the next couple of days off to try and uh, relax and recover before we go up on Wednesday. But I think it's a similar thing for the the club as well. I think their recovery is going to be obviously massive at the moment. Uh, I think they're going up on the Tuesday and coming back on the Thursday, staying the two nights just to sort of maximise the time that they are they're relaxing and resting ahead of the game and after the game. And I think Glenn sort of touched on, we haven't seen from Camardine 90 minutes, we haven't seen from Alcaraz really 90 minutes, but both of those guys came off at 70 on um, Saturday. So they'll be starting again, I'm almost certain of that. 
Do you think that? Because I'm just trying to think back to the last three game week, and we all said, "Oh, well, there'd be changes during the week." And we went went on changes, didn't we? Yeah. Like even Stu Armstrong played three games. Mm. So I know we've mentioned Ryan Manning coming out, but but do you think there might be? um, I think that'll be. I think that'll be the only change. Honestly, I think that's why it'd be so key to recover and relax. Now, I think they will go with the same eleven. Obviously, with I think Holgate in for Manning, but potentially Bree as well. Um, Yeah, that's why it'd be so key. Just these two days of training, they've got a Monday and Tuesday. Um, just to, to get the energy back in the legs. Um, but the momentum's with them, so I feel confident about it. So no squad rotation at the Echo then? You've got to rest and go. You've got to be up yeah, there. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so do the, the, um, the ice baths at this spa, do you, do you put your... <laughs> Put your hands in there to, to rest your typing fingers. <laughs> I go never near that. And I've got the cucumbers on the eyes, and that's it. Let's. Uh, oh, there's an image. Um, before we move on to Birmingham, let's get some score predictions. Um, it's on Sky Sports Arena, I think. Steve, what's that? Is that just one of the many channels they've got now? It's been that. Um, I, think, I think that's the one they. That's the one they usually put the NFL on, isn't it? So that that that's not pay per view, is it? It's not pay per um, view. God, God, I hope not. They, they get about three viewers. The club are doing the screening, aren't they? You can go and watch it at St Mary's if you want and have a pint. Um, well, I think I think that might be because the club isn't. I'm, I mean, I I don't I've obviously got no numbers to hand, but my sort of anecdotal sort of stuff looking at Twitter is that basically the the only feedback the club gets from their um, streaming service is negative one. Right. Okay. Yeah. So I, I wonder that. whether whether. Um, they're actually going to drive more revenue by having people sat in the club bar um, <laughs> buying pints. It'd um, be the Sky feed, wouldn't it? It'd be the Sky <laughs> feed. Um, let's yeah. do some score predictions. Um, Steve, what do you reckon for this one? I think we'll edge it. But again, I, I struggle to have um, confidence in us keeping a clean sheet. So uh, mm. 2-1. Okay. Uh, Glenn? Yeah, word for word for what Steve just said. <laughs> uh, I can't, I, it's easy, I these can't predictions, see. isn't it, now? Absolutely, because <laughs> you, you, you can never see a clean sheet. It's always a surprise rather than anything you could confidently predict. So uh, just just to be different, I'll um, I'll go for a 3-1 win. Okay, and uh, Alfie? Yeah, I'm going to go for a fifth 2-1 win of the season, I think. Right, okay. Well, I think we'll take that. If you're watching live, by the way, stick all your predictions in the comments because we enjoy seeing those. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Now, Birmingham City sit just outside the playoff places at the time of recording. Uh, They've already felt the need for a managerial change. They're going to be in town at the weekend. And joining us to preview this one is Tommy Kelsall from the Blues Focus podcast. Evening, Tommy. Thanks for coming on. Evening, gents. How are we all? Yeah, all right. I think we're good. Talk to us about the the change of manager. Was that necessary or, or just a good opportunity? Well, I suppose it's a good opportunity in probably the way that the club wants to move forward. Um, the new board have been very clear about a new identity of a winning mentality, which has definitely lacked at the Blues for a, about a decade now, really, in terms of when we last were in the Premier League. Um, we've had a very defeatist mentality. We've not really played the best attractive attacking football and I suppose with Rooney it's the idea is that it's going to install that and um, bring people's attention to the club which it definitely has done in the um, recent weeks. I mean what have you made there's only been one game obviously um, so far at the weekend but he's he's done the press conference and and he's done all the interviews he was talking about he was going to go and do a law degree I think I saw this (laughs) week and then the the job in the States came up so have you been impressed by by what you've heard so far or is it a case of having to wait and see? Well I've definitely been impressed by what I've heard you know I'm, I'm enjoying the change in mentality and what the owners are bringing and what Rooney's trying to do as a manager with us as well his ideas and ambitions for us as a club are going back to the Premier League back to the top towards the top of the table and really trying to 
create something that just hasn't been there at the club for such a long time, really. What I saw yesterday, though, I was rather disappointed in it, really, because this it felt like a mantra, like winning mentality from both Rooney and the owners. It just wasn't there yesterday. And we played Middlesbrough. We lost in the uh, towards the end of the it, game. It was a tough start, though, isn't it? Middlesbrough, the form team at the moment. Yeah, but uh, it definitely is. And I'm definitely not discrediting Rooney for coming in and having the first game and losing that first game. But he definitely didn't play how I thought most of the fans would, myself in particular. Because you expect from after all you've been hearing and all you've been expecting and to come out with um, rather possession-based play out from the back sort of style and this attacking winning mentality just didn't seem to be there really which was really frustrating particularly from what we we're expecting in the build-up really so are you expecting a whole kind of is, is the whole style of the football going to change do you think that's what he's going to do and that's what he's been brought in to do he's, he's going to just you know, ch- change the way they play and it's going to be a completely different approach well the approach has been changed really because John Eustace had two games until two really good games uh, his last two games before he was sacked where we won 4-1 against Huddersfield played them off the pitch that night and then 3-1 against West Brom you know third time on the bounce beating West Brom at home now and those performances they were fantastic you know they were free-flowing fast attacking football and then we get to Middlesbrough and we're expecting more of the same you know because those were the performances and this team and that attacking winning mentality and it comes to yesterday and it's not there so I was a bit confused I was a bit frustrated and in reality I was just rather disappointed with it because I felt like I'd sort of been sold the wrong end of the stick if that makes sense I just didn't feel like he was sort of setting the standards there yesterday and obviously it's his first game but I'm just rather skeptical for the our game against um hull on wednesday and then obviously you guys who obviously you're in decent form obviously coming down from the championship you beat hull yesterday yourselves didn't you with a late winner um yeah but it's just I, I don't want that to be happening again because we've gone down the route of so many managers in the past and so many different ideas and styles and everything i want this one to work because i feel like it can and i buy into the winning mentality but it's just didn't get it yesterday. I was disappointed with it. Do you think he's going to be worth the one and a half million pounds a year? <laughs> I don't know. I really. Although he know. denied that this week, didn't he? He, he, he denied that it was that much. Mm. Um, Glenn, just a bit on, on on Rooney. I mean, managers come and go. Obviously, um, were you surprised by that appointment? Did you did you see that as being his next step? I mean, firstly, I think Rooney definitely has more about him as a manager. He has something about him as a manager that. I would not have predicted, you know, having seen him as a player and the interviews he did and all that sort of stuff. He he clearly knows the game. He's used to, you know, working with very good players. And I was I quite like the fact that he sort of cut his managerial teeth in a difficult job that he had at Derby. So it is something about him. I cannot get my head around the fact that they sacked John Eustace uh, from the outside because he was doing a good job with new I if if one was to be deeply cynical which is which is kind of <laughs> kind do. of where I stand where <laughs> I stand on a few things you are the flag it's, bearer of this <laughs> I'm the flag bearer of deeply cynical it's an american owner it's the tom brady thing it's let's get a manager who's got a profile in america as Rooney obviously has because he played there. And it it just seems very strange to me. When, you, when you're an owner coming into a championship club, obviously the end game is to get promoted into the Premier League. That's that's what it's all about. And John Eustace had the team in sixth place. And, you know, if, if it falls away, then, okay, make the change. But it, it, it does seem a bit strange to make it now. But then I guess, you know, on the other side of that, you know, we all slaughtered um, Cortese when he got rid of Nigel Atkins when we were doing reasonably okay. Mm. Because he had this utter conviction that bringing in Pochettino was the thing to do, and it turned out to be the right thing. So it, it is a strange one. There'll be there'll be lots of people thinking, hope that, hope it fails because it's a it's a dumb thing to have done. But um, I'd be interested to know, sort of percentage wise, what the um, what the Blues fans in in favour and not in favour. Uh, I know Tommy, you. Honestly, mate, it's one it's one game, and yeah, you might you might you might think you would have won if um, Eustace was still in charge or, or played it played a different way. But it but it is one game. We're trying to learn a completely new style, 
this yeah. year. And uh, you know, I've I've got frustrated with with some of our fans with the you know we want it we want it all now. It's it's one game, just 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 see how it goes. Mm-hmm. But I mean, so maybe I hope you beat Hull, but I hope you get absolutely <laughs> gobbed at the, absolutely <laughs> gobbed at the weekend. Will, to be fair, but, against the Premier <laughs> yeah. former Premier League side from last year, I'm interested to see as well. Obviously, you've got one of our former players, Che Adams, as well. So. I'm looking forward to see how he performs. You won't see much of him. Would you like it? <laughs> I'd love him back, yeah. It maybe he can come and bag us a few goals like he did for us. I used to work for a Birmingham-based company and I used to be a guy called Chris who was absolutely distraught when, when uh, Shay Adams left and uh, and joined that. Saints. And he, and he was te- he was telling me that, you know, what what a great player he is. And for a, for a while, I believed him. But uh, <laughs> no, we've, we've not seen much of it this year, mm. is the point, Tommy. It's rather and, disappointing, uh, yeah. 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 Does it make it, Alfie, more interesting for you as a journalist with Wayne Rooney in the opposition dugout? I guess the, the headlines uh, kind of write themselves a bit, don't they? Yeah, I mean, I, I would be lying if I said no, obviously. like hmm. it, it really does. Um, it, that's clear as Glenn's hitting it on the head. That is almost certainly why they've made the changes, just a, a much bigger profile person. There's so much more eyes on it, so much more interest in it. And for me personally, it's going to be really interesting to see how I go on. I, you know, he did really well at Derby, in my opinion. I'm also no expert on Derby. But I, I certainly didn't follow him when he was at Washington, D.C., so the MLS is... Not an interest of mine at all. I'm sure you probably all agree with that. But he did really well at Derby and I'd be interested to see how he gets on. From a personal point of view, I mean, I'm really excited to be in the same room with Wayne Rooney. You know, I think we have a sort of professional responsibility to not sort of fanboy over people. But in the day, Wayne Rooney is one of England's best ever players. My favourite player growing up for a very long time. Um, because he's obviously the captain of England. Hmm. Um, and it'll be quite interesting. I'm going to have to try and think of a Southampton-related question that I can ask him just because I can't miss that chance. Uh, Steve, were you surprised when they they made the change? Um, what, what have you made of, of Rooney coming in? Can you you can see the the sense behind it? I think the to- the timing's very odd. I think if they'd made, if they'd decided right, this is what we want to do. I mean, when when the takeover go through, it was like January, was it? And if at the end of the day, if the if the owners got this idea that this is this is what we want to do, we want to bring in more sort of high a higher profile manager and and kind of drive interest in the football club um, as a result of that. Surely you do that in the summer because if you if you're not if you're not prepared to kind of back John Eustace properly, which they evidently aren't, if given that they've made this change so quickly and relatively out of the blue in terms of sort of um, following results, then yeah, I mean, kind of why why have you let it stew for for two or three months? That that feels that just feels kind of. I like might be wrong, himself, Steve. I might be wrong, but I, foot a little bit. I think he only just left DC United at the end of their regular season a couple of weeks did, ago. So yeah. I think he's literally just become available. So maybe it's just a chance of they've he's come available. We've got to go now. Mm. But I mean, I mean, DC United. I, from my memory, I'm a, as a, I mean, as you say, I don't pay that yeah. much attention to MLS other than seeing Billy Sharp banging in loads of goals <laughs> for, for LA Galaxy. But DC United, I think, finished bottom of their conference. So they weren't very good. They weren't making. They weren't making the playoffs. And surely, as a result, Rooney would have been available probably in July. If they wanted, if they wanted him so so badly, they'd have found a way of making it work. Yeah. And doing it in October feels like, oh, he's he's a uh, Wayne Rooney's available. Ah, that's that's a good idea. Let's let's try that rather than it being an actual strategy. It feels like a very sort of reactive move and one that obviously kind of halts any momentum that the team had built up. Um, I mean, as you say, they've, they've obviously gone up to Middlesbrough on, on Saturday and not played well and, and got beaten. I mean, they are not the only, not the first team to have gone up to Middlesbrough expecting to win and, um, <laughs> and, come, and come here a cropper. Um, that's for sure. Yeah. Yes, um, so, yeah, I mean, as, as Glenn said, it's only one game and you, you can't take one game in isolation to kind of get any sort of, boundary on it but it's it does feel like that sort of performance and that sort of result is the one where players go out when they've they've had a manager that they've been comfortable working with for a a long period of time and all of a sudden new guys come in even if the message is largely the same there's still a bit of confusion around and I guess in that situation that's that's Rooney's first task is basically just to steady the ship and get them back Mm. Playing, even just playing the way they were last week, such is kind of the the sort of fast paced nature of the championship. But they, yeah, I mean, it, it it feels it feels like he's got a he's probably got a harder job on his hands than he would have done in terms of persuading people, whether that's inside the club or outside the club. 
um, than you would have done if they'd appointed him in the summer. Yeah, no. So, Tommy, manager aside, um, what sort of game are we expecting? Um, who do we need to look out for? Um, what, what, what can we expect from the game? Uh, we've got some really good attacking players this season. We've made some great recruitments. Sariki Dembele from uh, Bournemouth, uh, formerly of Peterborough. Uh, I was a massive fan of his anyway before he joined us, so I was really delighted when he joined in the summer. Um, he was quick, he's agile, he's incredibly skillful, really difficult to knock off the ball, but was perhaps used a bit wrong yesterday. Um, play, played more in a more central role. He's definitely a wide man, definitely works better out on the wing. I've uh, also got a really tricky Japanese midfielder, uh, Koji Miyoshi. He's got an absolute belter for his first goal against Bristol City. Really pretty much just the same as Dembele probably not as skillful Dembele's far more skillful I think he's just got that experience in the championship and just learns when to nick the ball past players and everything we've got Jay Stansfield who's a great attacking player great finisher really good one-on-one and we've got a fairly decent back line as well I mean they didn't perform to their best yesterday they were a bit exposed but when they're on their game they're really good we've got Dion Sanderson from Wolves who was with Wolves last season uh Kevin Long who was formerly with Burnley he's been one of the best in the air this season in defence. John Ruddy as well, who was absolutely solid and has been since he's joined us. He's been really, you know, great shot stopper, great in the air. You know, distribution is absolutely fantastic. And we've got a few players who still have yet to come back as well, like Ethan Laird and um, Lee Buchanan as well, who've both been absolutely fantastic in the fullback positions. So we are a well put together team. I feel like we've really done done some good business over the summer. Um, we've really had that sort of, sort of sense really of just like sensible signings for the right amount putting in like different players where it's needed positions because last season if this game was last season I'd have been you know expecting (laughs) four or five I mean obviously it could be anything like that again this season but just as like last season we had nowhere near the competition we are a very much revamped team but I'm still looking forward to it I've never been to St Mary's it's a stadium that I've wanted to go to for a while um, but now, obviously, it's one I can tick off the list. I'm looking forward. It, it feels a bit like it, it's all there. You know, if, if the squad, you've got the players, and if that all starts to click and they can start playing the way that, that Rooney wants them to play, it feels like, mm. you know, the playoff may be, uh, you know, it, it could be a good year if it all comes together. We we can definitely push. I don't think we can make it. I still think there's better teams above us. Um, uh, probably you guys, Leicester and um, Leeds as well. You know, those ones are going to be hard to beat, really. In to get into those playoff spots and consistency as well because it's long season players get tired players get injured we do have a fair few injury prone players as well but if we've put in like 10 out of 10 performances each week the chances are we will win it's just those ones where we're a little bit slow a little bit worn out perhaps you know we've got a couple of games coming yeah, up in we're familiar with those times. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we've got hold on wednesday we've got use on saturday and then I think we've got Ipswich in the week as well, or we might have that one on Saturday. But if it is on Saturday, that'll be a good rest for the players because some of those players, I mean, Bielik, who's one, been one of our best players since he's joined, really solid midfielder. He was great at Derby. He's fantastic. He's just so injury prone. That's his problem. He's just like one knock and he could be out for like eight months. Like nobody can tell really with him. It's just so, he's such a fragile player, but he's fantastic as well, really. It's, it's tricky really to weigh out how the season's going to go because... We do have those players. We do have those times. It sort of reflects Blues as a whole, really. I'll get your score prediction in just a moment, Tommy. I'm going to ask the guys first. Steve, do you want to go first with your score prediction for this one? Uh, yeah, I mean, lunchtime kickoffs are always um, annoying, aren't they? General lack of atmosphere because nobody's had enough time to get any uh, get any booze inside of them. So yeah, I, I do. The, my concern is it'll it'll be a little bit flat. Um, a little bit like the Rotherham game where everyone was kind of just expecting us to steamroll them. At least where this one's on on TV, there's a bit of national interest with Rooney. It might um, wake wake a few people up a little bit. But I, th- I think we I think we've we've certainly got enough to um, to beat them. But they've been in they've been as as you say they've been in decent nick. See what happens see what happens midweek against Hull. But that would be a good barometer. But mm. I th- I think we can I think we can win it. And again. No clean sheet, not a chance. Um, <laughs> so uh, go slightly more entertaining. Three, two. Okay. Uh, Glenn? Yeah, uh, rock and roll, going for the clean sheet. Um, oh, go on. Yeah, no, no I'll, go, I'll go for a 2 0 win. I, I, I fancy that one day we're going to have a, a, you know, a relatively uh, inverted, boy, put it in quotes, routine win. So <laughs> that would be nice if it was. Um, if First it was of the season. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I. 
I mean, I'll be at the game, obviously, but I'll be interested in um, seeing what the Sky coverage is like because I, I, I think it'll be like being in the Premier League all over again where all the focus will be on the opposition. Yeah. Um, it because it's you know one of the Premier League's biggest ever players and Sky love all that stuff. So um, I, I I imagine it will be incredibly one sided for those um, for those watching it at home. It'd probably be two two brum pundits in the uh, in the studio <laughs> and all that sort of stuff. So uh, so yeah, it should be uh, interesting from that point of view. But uh, yeah, I see us winning this one. Uh, Alfie? Yeah, I've been tossing over a few results in my head, really. It was interesting listening to Tommy talk about the attacking players and mm. the threat that you could pose. And Steve made a really good point about it being you know, half 12, is, that's flat, but it's Wayne Rooney, it could come alive a little bit. Um, and I think I'm dead bottom in the predictions league. I've had a terrible time of it. I need some points. <laughs> so I'm going to play the percentages. They keep winning 2 1, so I'm going to go 2 1 for this one as well. And at least one of them this week will be right. But if they win both of the games, they'll be top three, but potentially they'll be in the top four, and it could be two points off third. So. Um, we'll take that. Bit of a turnaround. And Tommy, score prediction from you, please. I don't think we'll win. It's always tricky going away from home. And like you guys say, lunchtime kickoff, it's always quite flat, quite dull. So I'd be happy with a 2-2. I think we can score goals. I don't think we can keep them out, particularly against um, some some players probably are Premier League quality. So I don't know. It's a tricky one. I'd be happy with a 2-2. I'd, mostly after yesterday, I'd be happy with a good performance, really. Um, but, you know, we've got Hull in the week and probably that will be a good sort of representation of what could be on Saturday. But yeah, points and if we can nick something as well, we can win it, then that's even better. But I think 2-2, two, two, I think I could see something like that happening. There'd be a few... To have Middlesbrough, Hull and Saints in a row is a really tough start as well. And then Ipswich as well, did you say? After Sunderland but... after that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very tricky. Ouch. Mm. No easy games. Uh, there'd be a few Birmingham fans watching, I'm sure, Tommy. So um, where can they find you on socials if they want to find you or the podcast? Yeah, of course. Yeah, you can find us at Blues Focus on YouTube, uh, Blues underscore Focus on Twitter and Instagram. We do loads of stuff. We do loads of podcasts, uh, reaction videos and news. Uh, I run a regular match day vlog myself. Uh, I'll be there on Saturday in the away end. Yeah, it's gonna be, you come subscribe to us. Come and uh, cool. watch our stuff. Yeah, man. That's been really insightful. Thank you for coming on. Have a safe trip yeah, down cheers. at the weekend. And uh, if it's all right with you, we'll catch up with you later on in the season. Absolutely, mate. Thank you very much. Nice one. All right. Cheers, Tommy. Thank you cheers. for coming. Just uh, one thing I want to finish on before we wind it up tonight. And that was the uh, the, the fans forum, which we, we can say something about, but but not too much. It, there was a fans forum during the week. Uh, can I even say that you were there, Glenn? Or, or have you been sworn to... <laughs> I cannot I cannot confirm or deny that I was there, but um yeah, I was. Um yeah, it's the the sort of tactical I don't know what they called it, a tactical evening um with Russell Martin. As someone who's been watching Saints in person for you know best part of fifty years and I've seen every manager come and go since uh, Laurie McMenemy, I as we discussed earlier, I go into these sort of things with a with a with a healthy dose of cynicism. You know, I kind of I don't want to just hear platitudes. I want to hear something a little bit, a little bit different with a little bit of, um, little bit of meat to it. And uh, when the PowerPoint presentation came out at the start, I thought, oh, here we go. This is like being at work. This is going to be horrendous. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> and obviously, can't can't go into too much detail. It was basically an explanation of why we're trying to change the style while we're playing this way. And the things that stuck out for me is how everybody is. You know, Jason Wilcox was there and Russell Martin was there. How fully committed they and the club are to that. It's it's a definite plan. We haven't always had a definite plan in in the in the past, as you know. Um, and like with any plan, not everyone will like it. You know, you've only got to take a straw poll on social media to see that some people are just not going to like it, no matter what. That, you know, there was an explanation of why we're going that way, and and that, and that was fine. There, there was some. Little bits of playing to the crowd, um, stuff that you you know you've already heard, um, but there was some really good stuff in there. The key for me was there was some realism, and it basically came down to we're not going to play this way just for the sake of it, and stubbornly persevere with this regardless. It they know it is dependent on results, you know the the results are paramount, and if if the results aren't good enough, then then things will change, but but they will they will try and do it the way that's you know we all know we're going to try and do it, and that's that's it. I, I thought it was a I thought it was a decent evening. The, you know the Q and A bit at the end. Uh, let's just say the quality of some of the questions was a bit. Um, Are they going to expand the stadium? <laughs> a little bit, a little bit variable. No, we didn't have that. 
But uh, <laughs> James Ward-Prowse. When, yeah. when, when are we getting a train station? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're, I'm not talking about artisan burgers or anything like that either. Um, Do you think this no, was the price of pints, Glenn? It was a worthwhile <laughs> evening. Oh yeah, the price of the pints are ridiculous. Six pound fifty for a pint is just. Mental. I just had visions but, uh, of you all having to look into the light, like in Men in Black, at the end on the way out, and just like flash <laughs> the light, so you just forget what about it. Okay, so I mean, I, there were a few people there. I've seen some stuff on social media. People saying it was a worthwhile exercise, and and I guess yeah, Alfie, it's all I'd part agree. of the um, just this this communication and, and and getting better and opening the channels up with the fans, and and that can only be a yeah. good thing. It's, it's the buzzword as well. It's Russell Mines' buzzword, connection, isn't it? It's, it's all about connections. It's why they, although they may say they didn't like him now, they, they love them at Swansea. It's why it was such a shame for him to leave the club um, at the time. Um, it's all about connection. He just wants to, he wants people to feel close to their club. He wants people to enjoy their football, ultimately. And he knows that, like Glenn said, not everyone's going to. Um, but I think that that is a genuine aim. And when I spoke to him on Friday about it um, at the press conference, you know, it was his and Wilcox's idea. They can talk for hours. And as Glenn saw, they do talk for hours. And it does go run over. I think it ran over a long time. They waffled a lot. But it's all about just having that connection. And look, I'm, I'm all for that. Why not? Good. Well, I look forward to getting them on. Hopefully we'll get them on one week. Uh, that's pretty much it for this week's episode. Don't forget that you can follow Total Saints Podcast. We're on Facebook and Twitter. It's at Total Saints Pod. We're also on Instagram and Threads. You'll find us there. It's at Total Saints Podcast. And as you'll know, if you're watching the podcast on a Sunday night, we live stream TSP every week to Facebook, Twitter, Twitch and YouTube. Uh, we love hearing from you, your thoughts throughout the week. You can always drop us a DM on any of those social media channels or you can email us uh, via the website. Uh, the email address is Total Saints podcast at yahoo.com if you've got something you just want to get off your chest uh, we're also on patreon that's where you can support the podcast with a monthly contribution it's patreon.com forward slash total saints podcast there are four tiers on there ranging from five to 20 pounds per month and each of the tiers comes with different perks including some shout outs at the end of the podcast for all the patrons in our francis benali and our mick shannon tiers so thanks to dave melton mark atkins andy hollis matt hall anthony thompson saints in exile gavin ford james harron nikki nicholson southampton ny andrew diet and the francis benali tier and also to colt baker dave ernsberger ed busy nick higston phil cook matt rose and Nick Reed in the Mick Shannon tier. Uh, thank you, Steve. Thank you, Glenn. Thank you to Alfie. Uh, have a great week. Thank you for watching and listening. And we'll see you again next weekend. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.